0: Hello, I'm Art Fuller, Ph.D., and welcome to the latest episode of the 5-Minute Expert, where today we're talking about the history of personal hygiene. This whole idea of taking a daily shower exploded earlier this month when a number of celebrities admitted they do not bathe regularly. In fact, many admitted that they never even take a shower, preferring instead to wash off with a washcloth. Well, the earliest known public baths in the world, the Great Bath, in fact, in modern-day Pakistan, was built around 3,000 B.C. And the archaeological evidence suggests that the Indus civilization had a strong emphasis on cleanliness and sanitation. In fact, most homes that have been uncovered also have their own washrooms. And the oldest soap we know of comes from Mesopotamia, circa 2,800 B.C., and was originally used by priests to purify themselves, but later used to treat skin diseases. And speaking of soap, let's hear a word from our sponsor today, Poverty Soap. Poverty Soap is cheap. So cheap, even the poorest person can afford it. Made from pig fat and the ashes of old burned-out cars, Poverty Soap gets the dirt out. Finally, a cheap soap that has rich cleaning power. That's Poverty Soap. Pick up a bar today in your local Whole Foods or wherever you shop for organic and natural personal hygiene products. Well, by 2200 B.C. in ancient Egypt, no matter what your class, people bathed as soon as they woke up. Every household had a basin and a jug for washing hands and showering, and they also were used before and after meals. In fact, the Egyptian Book of the Dead states that no one can speak to people in the afterlife unless they are physically clean. Just a few hundred years later, the Israelites adopted the Law of Moses, which had numerous commandments about personal hygiene. For example, if you touch a dead body, you must remain outside the main camp of people for seven days. And if people had a communicable disease, they were quarantined by the camp human waste was also taken care of outside of the camp. Now, contrast this to other societies where human waste was basically deposited in the streets. Polluted water, contaminated food, and other kinds of refuse created unsanitary conditions that contributed to a high rate of disease and infant mortality. Well, the Chinese took cleanliness a little further in the Zhu dynasty circa 1000 B.C. by requiring government officials to wash their hair every three days and take a bath once every five days. They also had to use two towels, one for the upper part of their body and one for the lower part of their body. The first Roman baths were constructed in the second century B.C., Supplied by aqueducts, they became a place to socialize as well as wash and became an important part of Roman culture. Prior to the bathhouses, Romans would wash their arms and legs every day and their entire body once every nine days. By the first century, Romans bathed for multiple hours a day, usually in large groups, but without soap. Hygiene played an important role in medieval medicine. Physicians thought that regular washing was an important form of preventative medicine because it removed both visible dirt and invisible excretions like sweat. If these were not washed off, they could cause all sorts of nasty problems, including skin conditions and parasitic infections. So people were encouraged to wash their hands, face, mouth, and head every morning when they got up and to wash their hands throughout the day, especially before and after eating. Now, some of the ingredients used to make cleaning products in the medieval times were a bit grim. The basic soap, for example, was made of wood ash and fat. Clothes were often washed with stale urine, which is actually a natural source of ammonia. Some medieval Christians worried that taking good care of the body was a sign of vanity especially if it was done to attract the opposite sex. So poor personal hygiene was linked by some to piety, so so much so that some saints actively embraced filth. After Thomas Beckett was murdered in Canterbury Cathedral, the monks who prepared his body for burial discovered that his hair, underclothes, were swarming with lice and fleas. They interpreted this as further proof of his godliness. So it's actually around the 14th century before Western Europe gets hot and cold running water as we know it today. King Edward III of England built a bathhouse at Westminster with running hot and cold water coming from two large bronze taps. Interestingly, it's just 150 years later that Henry VIII closed the bathhouses in England due to rising cases of syphilis. They often doubled as brothels. But by 1725 King George I founded the Order of the Bath, named after the medieval ritual bath that preceded knighthood ceremonies to symbolize spiritual purification. And just 42 years later, Englishman William Fleetham invented the first modern shower. Water was pumped into a basin above the user's head and then released by pulling a chain. Showering wasn't really a thing in 18th century France. There weren't showers for one, and clean water was scarce. So to contemporary sensibilities, the pre-revolutionary French probably could have used at least a rinse occasionally, especially since public sanitation was crude and the streets held sewage runoff. But the French did their own version of a daily toilet, Many doused themselves in cologne and changed into a fresh linen shirt. And at the other extreme, in many places in the world, including parts of India, the local watering hole or river, the spot where people cleaned their body and their clothes and was also the place where they cleaned their dishes. By 1850, the homes of the wealthy in North America began to have freestanding showers connected to a running water supply. Later in the century, Sea bathing in England was considered a cure for many ailments, especially enterprising businessmen built bathing machines, which were essentially tiny houses on wheels, alongside the seaside for women to change clothes and enter the water. The way this worked was the bathing machines were rolled down to the sea's edge where a woman inside who had donned a bathing suit would exit and immediately go into the water. This allowed them to avoid the scandal of being seen publicly in anything less than full clothing attire. The homes of the average city-dwelling working-class man or woman started getting bathrooms and full indoor plumbing around 1900. Electric hot water heaters started becoming popular by the early 1950s, and by the 1970s, most new homes were being fitted with a shower in the bathroom. So whether you view lack of bathing as piety or environmentally friendly as some of the Hollywood crowd are spouting, do the rest of us a favor and take a bath every once in a while. We'll be the judge of whether you smell or not. Larry, what do you have for us from the peanut gallery today? Andy Pears of London, England emailed us to say, people should take a shower each and every day. Showers are great places to think, sing, relax, relieve yourself, and just generally get the day off to a good start. Andy, thanks for sharing your perspective on bathing. It seems incredible to me that in the 21st century, there are still some educated people who oppose immersing themselves in H2O on a regular basis. Larry says chimps bathe at least once per week whether they need it or not. A clean chimp is a happy chimp. Well, thank goodness you take a regular bath. I'd hate to be this close in a recording booth if you didn't. Anyway, folks, tell one person about the podcast today. You'll be glad you did.